Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome. Um, it has been, as, as anyone on campus knows, it has been a trying and sad uh, couple of days for the University of Portland. And before we dive into our program, I, I just want to take a moment of silence to remember uh, our friend Owen and all of our friends and pray that we are all good friends and noticers and, um, and take good care of one another. When we're grieving and, and things don't seem like they make sense, one of the great healers uh, is art. And so my Holy Cross friends would call the timing of tonight's talk really providential. We, we scheduled it last spring, having no idea how the last couple of weeks would unfold. Um, but, but art uh, tells the truth. Art opens what um, Pope Francis calls the via pulchritudinis, the way of beauty, and that any time we look at something beautiful, our, our thoughts, our hearts, our minds can't help but wind up at the source of that beauty and, so, uh, and be consoled by that. So I'm really thrilled that we, that we have an artist to share with you tonight. Uh, Anne Getze is largely self-taught, but she... Um, hastens to, to remind me that she had lots of good mentors. She started her career as a photographer retouching the photos for albums on country albums pre-digital photography. So she really had to know a lot about how to make, let's face it, really beautiful people even more beautiful. <laughs> and then she took a trip to Annecy, France to visit her um, her aunt, who was a cloistered sister, and these are people who have given their whole lives to God and who don't really give a thought to how they look, and what she found there was, was genuine beauty that captured, captivated her imagination, captured her heart, and she spent 20 years um, bringing the art of the women that she encountered at that uh, monastery um, to life through photography and through painting. And she has got lots of beautiful images to show us tonight, her photographs, her, um, her paintings, and she's also branched into, filmmaker, into filmmaking. And I think that's always good for us when we're trying to think, what are we supposed to do with our lives? You know, if, if getting nervous if we don't know what we're going to do in exactly two years when we graduate, or four years, or um, 400 days, or whatever it might be. All right. Anne's journey uh, as an artist, as a woman of faith, um, as, as a rich, deep thinker, is more of a zigzag than it is a straight line, and I think that's a great reminder for all of us. So I want to get right into the art and the process and the spirituality. Um, so please help me welcome Anne Getze. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for having me here. This is a very beautiful place uh, from Tennessee, which if I keep talking, you'll figure that out in a little bit. But it's uh, the landscape is so different. Uh, I've just really enjoyed being here. And uh, Oh, into the mic. Okay, how was that? Better, much better. But your voice sounded so great just talking. I teach seventh grade. I thought, oh, great! I'll just stand up there and talk. But anyway, I thought it would um, 
fill you in a little bit. It's hard to know something like this where to start because I don't really know where the beginning of it is. And uh, but I do know that my travels back and forth to visit my aunt to uh, in Annecy, France, started just as um, her niece coming to visit. And as a photographer, I would be taking the tourist pictures and things like that. And with each visit, I uh, it became a, a deeper experience. So all of those pictures became something that was uh, meaningful pictures over time. And it became documentation. And those uh, photographs, black and white film, a lot that you see up here and I'll tell you as we go through the images, but it's black and white film. And uh, so that evolved into the digital world. So everything is an evolution. That's why it's difficult to say, well, it started in 1970 so, because it's an ongoing process. And I'm really thankful about that because uh, I keep uh, hopefully learning and growing with it as it enriches my life because of the subject matter which is very exciting over time. And as an artist, uh, it's not like, oh, I'm, this inspired me today and I'm going to do that. But you always hope for something to really take when it does. That's going to have a lasting effect. And that's what getting to know these nuns uh, has been for me in an artistic way. But I thought I would show that film. There's a, a little short film. I wanted this exhibit um, to be a multimedia, and it shows the process. So then after that, I'll talk about the paintings themselves. But uh, this short film, you'll be able to tell with the photography with it. It's, it goes from 8 millimeter to uh, digital. And anyway, this is the nun singing also. Lake Annecy is one of the cleanest lakes left in Europe. It's pure emerald clear water. It's very magical. Annecy is in uh, the south of France, close to the Alps, one of the most beautiful places you could ever see. Cobblestone streets, arched doorways. It really gets into your spirit and your emotions. It's considered the Venice of the Alps. The water that rushes through it, that river splits through the town. It's a very enchanting place. There's a part of my heart that was left in Annecy. arrive in Annecy from the train station, I would always walk up to the monastery. That was a great experience in itself. The cloister nuns, they do not interact with the public. They live their life behind walls. Life is simple, <clears throat> dedicated to prayer, living a spiritual life, totally. Their rooms are called cells, not, not rooms. 
there they are in up in a monastery with these tall walls and they don't even get to go out and see the town unless there's a doctor's appointment or something they don't even get to see all that beauty i did think that it was a lonely life but it's not so within that community they live a very uh, close sisterhood in their community they're not lonely time spent in france and and with the nuns actually became an experience deeper than I ever thought. Aunt Helen is my father's sister. She was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, survived the depression, had a close family. She went to um, Mount Chantel. It was the visitation order school for girls. She spent a lot of time there. So she became very close to those sisters. I remember as a little girl going to visit her and wondering why she was behind the bars. But then it was also mysterious. So Anne Helen went to France to study French and music to come back and teach. She went to Annecy because that's the mother church. It became clear to her that that's where she wanted to be for the rest of her life.
course, after the photograph is taken, then it goes to sepia. I like to work on that black and white boat. And then, after that, it's going to come a couple of coats of varnish. I'll, I'll seal it. straight black and white with sepia to it. This is inside one of the oldest churches in the AMC. This one is just just starting on it. And there's the texture laid out on it. Here and there, here and there, putting the texture down with the ashes and then it glazes and layers and glazes and layers and it builds itself up. The images spoke more than a flat, one-dimensional surface. So I started thinking of what other layers I could put onto it besides oil paint. Ashes, that was more of a happy mistake. And then after the funeral, it was perfect. I thought about even the spiritual life of how we are, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That also evolved. Every happy mistake was probably something that was really just meant to be. The interior, I guess you'd call it the foyer of the monastery. Over here's the family quarters. This is where we always stay. Walk across here and then we would visit with Aunt Helen up in here. And these crosses, since they have the bow of poverty, they don't even own these. It's kind of profession. They have these, and inside these crosses are relics of the saints. A piece of the cross or a nail, um, hair, clothing. This is one of the largest pieces. This was the procession after. Um, the funeral, Anne Helen's funeral. Sister Marguerite Marie. That was a huge, heavy cross. It was a gloomy day, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Very innocent came To open up your heart is a very vulnerable place. But what's given me courage and confidence with this body of work is that it's not about me. It's telling a story about a great community of women that are strong and courageous. I admire their humility and everything about them.
Well, that's that for this port for this portion. Can you all see with me here? I can sit down with this. <laughs> uh, and, and if you have a question or anything, it just I mean, go ahead and ask me. But um, uh, this whole series of paintings, there's probably about 30 pieces with the uh, Annecy uh, body of work, but it has expanded since that in the film right there. I uh, had an exhibit in Nashville and at a museum, and everything was kind of uh, winding down, and but I didn't want it to, and I didn't want to sell the paintings. And uh, I had a very crazy dream, if you want to call it a crazy dream, but it wasn't that wouldn't it be neat to take this exhibit to the existing monasteries in the United States so that they could see it. Because, of course, they never get out and they would never see it. I thought, well, that's kind of a crazy idea. But two weeks after that, I... Uh, got an email from the Mother Superior in Brooklyn, New York, of the Visitation Order. She had seen it in a magazine and asked if I would bring the exhibit up to New York, so to the monastery. So I thought, okay, here we go. This is a whole nother wild, wonderful adventure in life. So that became um, just a really wonderful adventure. So it went from Brooklyn to, um, it's been to Mobile, Alabama, these are the visitation monasteries themselves, and they're, they are closing here in the United States and in Europe, but um, I also thought it would be very important for others to know about them and to acknowledge these women, too, as I got to know them and to see their beauty, that, yes, it's very important for uh, the whole world to uh, know about them. and. Anyway, that's how, from Mobile uh, up to Minnesota, it's been up at the St. Mary's uh, Basilica up there. And um, with the other monasteries, there's about maybe four that are left that I haven't been to yet. So that's all. There's about uh, nine in the United States now. So, but what you'll see here are the ones that are from Annecy, France. And as I started traveling to the other monasteries, I started to document those monasteries here in the United States. And part of that was with, um, with film also, so it wasn't just photography. And then it turned into more paintings. And then the film started growing, so hopefully there'll be like a longer version of that coming up soon. That's what we're working towards. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit about these uh, Go we could go back to bird in, bird in hand. So each piece represents something to, uh, to me personally, but they tell the story. Bird in hand, um, and you saw the other one on the film because it was black and white, and then this is what it looks like when it's the finished painting. And it's a mixture. I, I do layer things in very, very thin washes so that it is actually all covered with paint. And I work with oil. That's my personal choice. 
um, um, go the toxic way. I'm still working with oil. Uh, uh, but I, I love the feeling of it. And this one has the texture in it with the ashes. And I chose that. It's wood ashes to give it another layer, another dimension, too, with the art. So it's just not a very flat surface. But this also reminds me, too, of... Uh, this is my little go-to piece when I feel anxious. This is my little anxiety piece. So when I do feel anxious, kind of like being up here right now, and I'm feeling <laughs> anxious, I think about, well, if you know, God takes care of all the birds and why he'll be taking care of me and all of the things that just run through when I look at this. Uh, and it's not like, oh, looking at this certain photograph. It's, it's what it reminds me of with these women and just the way she's holding that little bird. I just see the gentleness that's that's in her. Um, those women are, are really um, fantastic. Conferring. This was taken also after my aunt's funeral. You can tell how tall these walls are. Um, interesting story here. In the interior, which always reminds me of the sound of music when I go up to this monastery, but when we were walking back, I saw two caves over to the side, and they were covered with ivy. And the sisters told me that during uh, World War II, when the air raids were going on, that everyone from in Annecy, they would all come up, and everyone would hide in those caves. And I thought, wow, this is like the sound of music, isn't it? But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Amazing. Okay, do you have the right soul? Which also with the shoe. I thought it'd be great Nike commercial. But uh, she's an out sister. Which she's the one that does the shopping. There might be two out sisters, but they're the ones that interact with the public. Otherwise, the other sisters you, you probably won't see unless it's a doctor's appointment that you would actually see in public. But if you do see one, it would be such as this that does the shopping the out sister but she's also walking into that urban you know leaving the old going into the new and of course the typical French window which oh, you know, all the texture working on this piece it just really kind of let me put a lot of layers of, of paint on it just has a lot of texture to it except right in the very middle then that is just really pretty much the straight photograph and I hope you don't know if it's a painting or photograph, because it's both. Mm -hmm. One of their mottos is humil humility and gentleness. This is my aunt's hands. She played the piano, took care of the liturgy, had a lot of arthritis, but still did it. Uh, in silence. So certain times of the day, they stop working uh, by the bell, they live by the bell, and they stop what they're doing and they pray. And today, um, I sent the sisters emails to the different monasteries about uh, Owen here, and so they'll be praying for him and the families and all of you here at the campus. And I, I thought about this then because in silence, that's what they'll be doing with uh, you all in their hearts. And they don't they don't just say they're gonna pray. They do. 
Oh, I pray for you, but they do. Oh, and Madonna and Child. And this is with natural light that was coming in, this old church coming through the windows. So uh, I was amazed how it, that it just kind of has this life of its own. And in some of the other ones, when you see the crosses that are lit, especially with the with film, you don't really know what you're going to get until it comes back. That it was, they were illuminated just by the natural light. Oh, there's a. Let me see. To put my glasses on for this. Do y'all notice that there are no antennas or air conditioners or things like that? Places like that still exist. There. Now the sisters wrote captions for these paintings. When I finished the uh, the body of work, I sent them color copies, and they meditated on that. And that is where you all printed a few of those up back there. That has the uh, the captions to it, which really makes it very um, very deep. Okay. This was so easy to title, Inspiration, because I uh, they said, oh, yes, St. Francis de Sales lived there. It's where uh, he wrote some of his, uh, the treaties of love and uh, in the midst of the world, of how you can live a simple life as these nuns do. They live very, a very simple life, and they're happy. And that goes the same way in, for now as it did 400 years ago when they started. You can, uh, they have the vow of poverty. But they have everything. The vow of silence, which I think would be very hard for all of us. You know, the self-discipline that it takes. Now, this is when I was allowed in the monastery to uh, change my airline flight, which was the third floor attic because of the one computer. So that's when I was started following. And I love the beauty with what they wear, too, and following them from the back. A lot of my photographs will be that way. Plus, they don't want their faces to show a lot of them. But uh, anyway, I just loved that. It was the first time I was able to see back into that monastery, which was filled with fabulous art. Just, mm, a, a, a place of beauty. And I think about the interior life with this one. This is Walk Within, but the sisters um, in Tiringham, Massachusetts, this is what they wrote. Inner space is vast, infinite. One walks with a light step and never tires. There is within the eternal presence, eternal peace, walking with the other. Going into Annecy with the Alps up there. <laughs> I think everybody was in really good shape. <laughs> Boy. And so also, because these are black and white, the colors aren't exactly, of course, what the colors are going to be, which is the way it needs to be. It's not going to be like a color photograph. But that water is so cold that comes in off of the Alps that it is a, a, a turquoise color, freezing cold. And that's why those buildings don't have mold. They don't rot because that water is so cold. 
So Annecy is the uh, oldest uh, village in the Alps. And it wasn't in France, and it was in Savoy. The visitation order started in 1610 by uh, St. Francis de Sales and Jane de Chantel. They wanted, St. Francis de Sales wanted to have an order of nuns where widows and women that were not in top-notch health could be in the religious life and become nuns because before that it, it was uh, very strict, very hard, very hard to be a nun. It's hard to be a nun anyway, but mm -hmm. even the, the physical restraints on that. Stairway to heaven. Uh, so you can imagine how many years ago that the boats would be pulling up here and going up into the town where the walkways are. But it was that light coming through the tunnel that uh, sparked my interest. But when I took that photograph, that's when that dove appeared out of nowhere, just like that. So that became a very special one to me. Uh, this is my aunt, Sister Marguerite Mary, Sister Marguerite Marie. And this year is a very special year for uh, St. Margaret Mary. Y'all have to look that up. So an exciting time for this order of nuns. Oh, the blue pail. So they also are where no matter what act it is that you do, if you do it uh, with the consideration and their contemplation, then they have that joy in them no matter what it is that they're doing. They, they, don't, they don't have the same job either year after year. They will trade things out. So then no one becomes of any position you're doing it all, and they're doing it within their community, with each other. And of course, this reminds me of the sound of music, too. But this was coming down from the monastery after a storm, and uh, the clouds kind of parted, and I was able to get this photograph by zooming in. But uh, what is it, the paragliders? kind of go off of this cliff if you all go to Annecy. Some of the younger ones that would do it. I want to try it sometime, but <laughs> paraglide off of that. See, this also looks like New Mexico or something to me, except the doors are about four feet tall in Europe. Just a scene that's in Annecy. Ah, uh, yes, and their main motto is Live Jesus. When they sign their letters in beautiful handwritten, it's Live Jesus. And, and they truly do. And that monastery, when you're all around Annecy, you're going to see that monastery, but not many people know in Annecy, they, they know that there's a monastery up there, but they don't know about these women or the nuns, even just like here in the United States or wherever, because they're contemplatives. So who, who is going to know about them? Because they have, besides having the vow of silence, but they're trying to come into this technological world now too, and to share their charism, because they may go away. They, there may be the webs and flows of cultures where that comes back around too. Um, 
where it is attractive for for women to live their life like that. But um, it's been quite a challenge for them in the last probably 20 years. A real, real big shift of things. And as you saw in the film, that this was a piece that I did after the funeral. And that's that slideshow. And there's a lot more. Uh, and I wish I had the captions for you all to take with you tonight, too, because they're so great. But maybe I'll have it as an email or something that where you all could read it. Um, so this has evolved now from the photography and the painting to where I started to document. And my son travels with me. He's a great photographer himself. So he travels with me to the exhibits and we've been filming the monasteries here in the United States. So that is hopefully gonna be the full feature that we're working on right now. And it's telling there's the stories of the sisters with their own interviews and their stories, which is pretty, pretty great. And I'll show you the little trailer here that's um, up and that's a taste of what the full feature film will be like. So do you want to do the question and answer first and then see if the Maybe a couple. Okay. We're having some film? lighting issues. So you'd like to see the people you ask. <laughs> Actually, I can see you all pretty good. And who is, does anyone out here do film? There's kind of a resurgence, though, of uh, film getting popular again. Well, there's certain, they have um, certain times of the day where they do talk with one another. And then, of course, if there's someone that's visiting or something like that, then there's the uh, exception. When they're going about their day, daily chores and all that, it's all in silence. And they'll have recreation time after dinner, which just sounds crazy because they haven't talked all day. <laughs> and I'll be in there just so loud. They're all talking and laughing at once. And you can tell it's taken uh, over the years, right? Because my hair's changed a few times. <laughs> Reba, I have Reba hair. So I don't know. But anyway. Do they use any kinds of signs with each other if they're trying to communicate during the hours of silence? No. No, but if they need to speak with one another, then then of course they do. So yeah, I think, and, uh, and of course, we were laughing about this because my aunt went over there to study French and she went to a monastery, of course, that had the vow of silence. So <laughs> it took her a long time to... <laughs> You mentioned that your aunt is a music, was a musician as well. Yes. And I'm wondering if the music that we heard was composed by the sisters. Yes. It was. Okay. Yes, it's their music. And sung by them as well. Yes. Right. And my second question is: Are there any novices at all in the community? Younger. There are. Um, Annecy, they actually put a worldwide call out not that long ago because they were down to well, eleven maybe 10, and so they have some novices now and some that have come from other countries to come in and help. That's at that monastery. 
Now, here in the United States, um, there are some new novices. And amazingly, it's not at the teaching ones. It's at the uh, totally cloistered one. Now, this order, the visitation order, they have two federations. So one has the schools, and then the other's totally contemplative. So they can choose. So uh, you obviously shot this on film, um, but then chose to print it and paint over it, right? That was your process. So do you feel like that, was there ever a moment where you considered uh, publishing just the prints themselves, or instead of painting over it, or do you feel, you kind of know from the start that painting was going to add something special to it? Hmm, well that's a good idea. <laughs> really, to have it as the prints and then the paintings, but um, some of them I do like to show both of the before and after. If it's a strong enough photograph, to like the one that's lived Jesus, I just have like a glaze over that one because it doesn't need anything. Uh, it would mess it up. It's just, you know, kind of powerful enough by itself as a photograph. So, and I love black and white though too. Just, you know, it's another art form. So you said that your ambition with the uh, with the color was not to be like to accurately represent what the colors were. Uh, so, so what was your ambition? What what were you trying to do as far as the choice of colors that you were using? Um, I think that is to evoke a mood that the palette that I work with. It, it will usually evolve with trying to capture that mood or maybe what that time of year is. That, you know, outdoors, everything has its atmosphere to it. You know, natural light, it has an atmosphere and it has a temperature. And that is another reason. And also let the photograph sometimes speak. You know, what to leave photographic and then what part to paint. So that's impressionistic. You know, there's realism in it, and there's impressionism. And it, it's the combination of the two. And I, a lot of times I don't have a preconceived idea of exactly what something's going, color it's going to be. So playing one color off of another, it'll usually evolve. And do you ever um, say, well, that didn't work, and throw that one away and, and start over again? Oh, yeah, there's... there's <laughs> Scumbling, it's called. Kind of just take it all down. And then something else will resurface, maybe. Hopefully. Yes. I have a couple of other questions about, as a monastic community, uh, do they gather regularly for prayer, like five times a day? Yes, so? they okay. do. They do. And do they sing uh, all of their chants and their, their hymns in Latin, or do they use French? No, French. French. Which is what you'll hear... Mm -hmm. But some Latin we heard too in the, in the credits, so uh -huh. that's why I was wondering. Yeah. Oh, and the music yes. that you did? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the Dona Nobis Pacem was... Ah, uh -huh. so they gave me their CD and said, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> How do the nuns support themselves? Mm, good question. That's a lot of the questions I had, like how do they survive? And of course, when I grew up, I just thought that they, that they were taken care of. Um, and each 
monastery is autonomous from the other. So they have to figure out how they're going to survive. Um, in Annecy, they would make the hosts. They, they were very self-sufficient, but there were 60 of them in the community. So they had farmland. They had their own cattle, sheep, beehives. The farming, they were very self-sufficient. Now they've had to sell the land off, and they have a gift shop and things like that. So each one's different, and they're figuring it out. They're very good business women, though, I must say. They can stretch it. How to <laughs> make that happen. Uh, so we just got, um, like, in the beginning of the 1600s, how it's... It started as a way for like older and lesser able women to have lives of prayer. How has like the purpose changed over the years? That purpose? The purpose of like the monasteries or the questions. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would be really the one to answer that. I don't know. I, I, I still have a lot of questions too, which is. Uh, I know that they have a very powerful presence, that the power of prayer that they have is, is very, very powerful. And they talk about how they know this about themselves, too, that they're the underpinnings of the church. They, they hold it up. They, they hold things up in prayer. And without that, things start to crumble. And it makes sense. It's like, yes, that's kind of talking about the world, period. You know that we have to have that... Uh, hope in that prayer. And let me find this one that I picked out. It was about prayer. I'm glad you asked that too. With my notes that I didn't read from, but I want to find this one. Ah, uh, yes. This is with their thoughts with prayer too. Um, that prayer is a pure elevation of our minds to God believing that he is more in us than we are in ourselves, that prayer is a higher consciousness that changes things to the good. They totally believe that that's what that power of prayer is. So, Do you want to um, go uh, to the... Yeah, I wanted you all to see the, the trailer that hopefully you'll be seeing the full feature about um, that has the nuns that are here in the United States and then a little bit of going back to Annecy. So... I came to Ave Maria to do an exhibit at the library. My technique for this body of work um, is also something that has been an evolution of what it is that I've done for years, which is painting and photography. So it's a combination of both. I've uh, come back now to the university to work on this film. I like that I am actually in a library working because I do know that I require silence and, and peace and, and quiet so that I can get my head wrapped around things. Okay, so, boy, there's so much. I don't know where to start. First I thought, oh gosh, if I could just like 
see behind that door. I'm so curious. I, I want to get behind that door and I want to film. Everything has been culminating over the years with this footage. Hours and hours and hours of footage. It's just a different way to look at it. I'm not on the other side of the camera now shooting. This is looking at it and seeing if it translated the way I wanted it to. I've had to start something. Well, I know it started in France, but gosh, it sure got a lot deeper. How we do that? I started thinking about that. Didn't even plan on disappearing from the world, but it was a choice for her to live her life that way. Even that's pretty brave. And Helen is my father's sister. She was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, survived the Depression, had a close family. She went to um, Mount Chantel. It was the visitation order school for girls. She spent a lot of time there. So she became very close to those sisters. I remember as a little girl going to visit her and wondering why she was behind the bars. Over the years, as I would go back and forth to visit her, it became something a whole lot more. I wanted to document these women. myself doing this uh, whole road trip thing where I would be that compelled to pack everything up and hit the road, get a van, load it with paintings, go to a monastery, uh, drive hundreds of miles. It's the visitation sister's hands holding the cross of Jesus Christ and it made me think of the day that they handed me this cross and our mother superior puts it on you when you take your first vows. I hope that it um, brings peace and beauty to others as that happened to me. How they affect the world in their quiet way. There's been this little unseen hand somehow guiding this along. I think I've been enjoying the process and we'll see where it goes, but I, I do have this very deep feeling and vision that it does have its purpose. You know, they are behind those walls, but their energy is out there. Their energy is out there in the world. These women pray for everything. Some of it repeated from the short film of the trailer. But anyway, I've got a little light on. Thank you for coming out and having um, uh, 
moment of contemplation and rest and beauty with us. We're really grateful to our president, Father Mark Corman, who carved out time to be with us tonight. And uh, s sitting right next to him is Kathy David, one of our regents, who delivered this program. She connected and gets you with the Garavetta Center a year ago. So we're really grateful for that. Grateful to you for coming out. If you are here as part of a class, the sign-ins for that are going to be in the hallway uh, outside. All right. Um, I, I know Anne is generous, and if you have other questions you'd like to bring up with her personally, she'll, she'll be around for a little bit. We hate to leave um, really good food out there, so fill your pockets, um, make your friends back in the residence halls happy, and um, have a really a, a good and blessed night. Thanks for coming out.